Hey everyone, this is Diamond Rivera, and we are back at it with Let's Discuss with Diamond. And I'm really excited to bring you this next guest. But before we get started, I hope everyone is having an amazing day, and I hope everyone's weekend is going beautiful. And nowadays, people, things are changing, even with this platform. We've now switched over to pre-recorded interviews now. And honestly, this next guest, I'm really excited to have him, knowing him for a couple years already at our stays at the Dallas Buckshot, the festival, seeing his work ethic, uh, seeing his teams, but also the friendship and camaraderie that we've built over these past couple years is one reason why I have this platform to promote artists like the one we are having next. And honestly, it pleases me to announce that we have here all the way from Albuquerque, New Mexico, the one and only Rennie Gongara. How you doing? How you doing? What is good, my brother? First of all, I want to thank you again for coming on to my platform. We've known each other some for quite some time. And for me, being able to just shed light on wonderful organizations like you and what you have, this is why I'm here. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, it's interesting. We're in New, you're in New Mexico right now, but you just got to show some love to the Denver Bachata Festival. I mean, hey, hey. hey my, my first thing is, Rennie, how was the event? How did everything go? I think it was great. Uh, I brought a team to perform. Uh, and then they performed last season's choreography. So it was really good. Um, they got the opportunity to train and then also take workshops and um, from other artists that, you know, because in Albuquerque, um, we are seen as still budding. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like, it's good to be able to take, um, you know, bachata workshops with other artists and everything like that from out of state. Absolutely. But I think even one thing that's truly remarkable is besides being a studio director and besides, you know, managing your team, you're also a DJ. And, and for me, my question to you is, like, how many hours of sleep? do you legitimately get at events like this? It's actually not much to be honest, but part partly is that for me, like it's, um, I want to be present and like have fun, um, you know, cause to me, this doesn't feel like work. I really like doing it. Uh, and then the other thing is that I just have insomnia in general. So it's like- <laughs> Well, so insomnia in this dance coach's scene. It's like it's actually perfect. <laughs> so. Oh my God. But you know, Rennie, honestly, meeting you so many years ago and seeing how you blossomed the new projects you've been a part of, it's really good to see the energy, especially you at one point in Denver, now going to New Mexico. But the one thing that's constant is community. And that's a it's a beautiful thing to see people you've worked with continue performing on their own on the same stage as you are, but also now heading into New Mexico with RNA Dance Company. But before we get into that, I think it's also important to kind of take a step back and help people and others understand how it all started. So kind of give us a, a, a little glimpse into who Rennie is before RNA, before dancing. How far before, are we going to go? I mean, like, <laughs> what's, the, what's the original stopping grounds if you want to go there? I don't know. It's kind of a, like a long, you know, budding type of like uh current you know and i'm just going with the current and kind of flowing with it so i don't know i mean i really don't know i was like on a high school like um 
like men's cheerleading team at one point in time. Wow. Cool. Wait, so interesting enough is that even as we talked as well before this, mm. you many people would say they know you from Florida. But then also mm. me getting to know you more is realizing you're originally from up from up north in New York, upstate mm -hmm. New York, Middletown yeah. area. Um yeah. so kind of, do you did and as you said you got into male cheerleading, but yeah. When would you say kind of the dance bug or the introduction oh, to dancing came into your life? I don't know, like a little, I mean, over 10 years ago, you know, I was casually going to like different events and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. uh, so that was interesting to like just be around the scene and like, I, you know, in the, like in Orlando, I think, mm -hmm. you know, there were a lot of opportunities for you to like go to dance studios or go to different like, uh, you know, uh, touristy type of things like in Disney or like you know Universal you know so like I remember yeah it was over 10 years ago for sure and then I would just go out like hang out like be around like live music and live yes. music was so alive you know so I didn't really know how to dance it too much but I was around for like five or six years before I started to like learn because I was like man like, what is going on you know I'd have a drink and try to study like what are these dancers doing and, uh, and it just they just seemed so happy yeah. Um, and then, then later on, you know, I was dating uh, somebody at the time, and she was like, "Hey, my family is from Puerto Rico, and like, you got to be able to like really like hold your own, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, definitely. I'm not, I'm not gonna date you, <laughs> like you can't hold your own." <laughs> so I was like, "Wow." So I was like, "Dang, that was really, I was like, "Dang, that's really bored." But okay, like. I'm gonna try to throw down, you know. Like, don't break up with me, but it's because I can't yeah, bust a five, like, six, please. seven now. Yeah, and then like I was so like rigid. I was like, I was like, oh, okay, I'm like uh. on these steps. I'm like, okay, what is this? My body here, you know, is whatnot. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like a long-winded like timeline, you know, and you know, some hey, of it, I mean, was, and a lot of it actually, like maybe like let's say it was in the scene for about 15 years, and for five or six of those years, they were just observing, drinking, casually going out, maybe like six times a year you know so it wasn't really anything but like looking at what i was seeing and observing yes back then was different you know i mean and i think too the you kind of harped on it but you know you went of course from new york to florida but orlando to be specific mm -hmm. and i think it's very interesting as i've realized over the past five six years how rich the dancing culture is especially in orlando and the different opportunities that you have um compared to other parts in, in florida but my question to you is, what year would you say was kind of that introduction in terms of like, like I mean, actual, what, actual training or like, yeah, uh, like I know, would say went, maybe eight years the... ago, maybe eight years ago. Mm. And then like, I was like, okay, like, I think at that point in time, me and my ex already broken up, you know, and like, and then I was like, you know what? Um, I think I want to start doing this. Like, she kind of brought mm. me here and like, I wanted to actually try, you know. Like, Wait, so she brought you there, and then yeah. everything ended, and you just kept yeah, because like I mean, like I was a trash dancer, you know. So like, like it was like, <laughs> I was, like some may argue I'm still trash, but whatever. Like this is for the trolls, right? But at the end of the day, <laughs> but at the end of the day, like I really started to like you know train more uh, like eight or nine years ago, and then it took me a while of like understanding like it wasn't an inherent ability. It was just my lack of understanding how to manage my time during practices. Mm. And then that's when I was like, oh, okay, like, let me try to uh, like actually apply myself here. And like I did, and I took 
my science background and like how I would actually study and make notes, PowerPoints and all these other things that I would get from instruction and like I would catalog it, you know, um, about like the actual hours that I would be practicing on like like spin technique, for example, yeah, or like body movement or footwork. And then there are like more questions than answer. And I was like, ah, man, like footwork here, you know, like is important, but I don't know any footwork. And so I would have to like, you know, now take footwork, um, you know, and then emphasize during my Congress uh, lifestyle, mm. like emphasis on footwork. No, And then that's the thing too, is that when you're going from just being the socialite in that community and then it grows to taking classes, then it grows to like, oh, I want to make this an actual possible profession. So who was actually your first teacher? Do you remember? Um, like, like actually like coach, coach, or is it more like, and no, like, I'm talking about like your first class, like that first formal. Uh, so it was kind of blurry, but like I was taking classes at Salsa Heat and mm -hmm. I was also taking classes with Latin rhythm. And so there are two different styles of salsa that it was you know, yes. taking, taking classes. And so Latin rhythm was more of the casino rueda. And then like, you know, for, for those listen, listeners who don't know much about this type of dance is like you're in a circle and then you come in with a partner and then like yep. there's a caller and then that caller goes in Spanish, right? They go like, okay, like, and they execute certain moves to the leads, right? So they're leading the lead right or leading other people leading um and then and it's like almost like country dancing if you will like in, in which that you're rotating partners in this way um <sighs> but it's in a systematic way right and so and and that was interesting because it was like okay like i didn't necessarily have to suck for that along with that partner a whole entire song right and yeah then, <laughs> Like okay, let me do a move. Okay, I didn't know that move at all. And then like I, I like I would get a new partner, and I didn't feel that stressed out, you know. And, and so that's I really the thing. Like that about that. And what's interesting enough is that of course meeting you, you having RNA, but then kind of understanding more that you have a really uh, a large background in science, and then also realizing the logo. And I was like, oh wow, this is a person that really thought out this process because. Again, I would say over the past five, 10 years, the amount of companies all over the states is just vast compared to 10, 20 years prior when things were slowly building. So for you, what was that moment like or how did it feel initially going from being the socialite to actually becoming the teacher, becoming the studio director? Oh, like, I, don't, I don't think I ever really had teaching in, in that frame of mind until like much later. Mm -hmm. um, like three years after that, to be honest. Um, and, and for me, I was like really just trying to get better and not like suck. <laughs> 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 I was like, wow, like I, there's a lot more than like, like, obviously I would watch some people dance. I'm like, some people have it. And then other people I would be like, okay, like, all right, I look like that. So like, what can I do? to like to improve and to improve right and then you know that's maybe that's my science background it's like right i know i'm lacking in this area so let me like try to try to study more in this one mm. and then as especially as well with training but for you what was that like then the first performance that first show you've ever had mm. what were kind of the yeah. feelings were the, the natural jitters that many people get or how, how about yourself basically 
So I felt, because um, I have also a music background, and I was a bunch. Uh, I was in a bunch of bands, and we played, mm-hmm. you know, in different places in Florida, like uh, the the okay. East Coast a little bit. And then at the end of the day, like I had, um, you know, I had more experience about being on stage for longer periods of time, like mm. a half hour to like maybe an hour. Yes. And some of these places that I played were like like bars and stuff like that. And it's just like, maybe you have 20 people who are like paying attention, you know? And then like the other people are just like smoking Drinking. in the back or whatever. And they're just having their own conversations, you know? So I was like, wow, like now people are like watching me. This is kind of different, you know? Or the opposite mm-hmm. is like, I would have shows and then, you know, it's more of a concert venue. And then like, you know, people are there and just kind of like grooving, vibing and whatnot, you know? So um, to have somebody's undivided attention was different. But I was like, well, you know, it's only like maybe one and a half to two minutes. And so one of the performances, the first performance I remember was, I believe it was in South Carolina, about 2016 mm-hmm. with Jonathan Troncoso's team. Uh, oh, wait, Agape. Yeah. And yes. then he, he opened up a sub-branch with, uh, I think it was uh, Roy was also like co-directing or um, helping out. Um, and then... It was more of like it, it, like an amateur team, right? Mm-hmm. We called it a more the agape because like agape was like back in Orlando, like agape. I don't know. Again, I haven't been to Orlando in a little while, but agape was like the team. And so I remember I was pl- uh, I was like practicing like shines, uh, like salsa shines and such. Yeah. Heat you know and like just in the mirror and just like in between classes and stuff like that and then jonathan saw me and he was like hey bro like you have a good work ethic uh you should have you ever tried performing and i was like nah like i don't know <laughs> he's like no <laughs> i was like what? <laughs> i was like and i just saw this dude like just do some like crazy stuff like like the, maybe the week before and i was like oh my god oh my god yeah like doing tricks with all these women and like you know and it was so cool and he would just do it so elegantly and just very simplistic and i was like there's no way i was like on that level i was so inspired and i was like nah like bro i'm not coming he goes well i think you have like a great work ethic so like you're gonna show up and then i was like oh my god and then i was like i was like oh my god i was like and anybody who knows jonathan i mean jonathan is a big dude right so i was like oh my god i was like terrified i was like okay like <laughs> like he, there's something he believes in me but also too i'm like all right well maybe maybe i just don't want to die so i'll show up anyway but like <laughs> i, I mean but but it's funny come. too because jonathan is originally from new york he has that queen's attitude, but it's just like, like you have to understand, as yeah. you said, that experience of like someone telling you, like, "Hey, you got it, be here," and you actually taking that opportunity. Yeah, but I was like, I was more of like, "All right, I think I should go," you know, like. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see him again next week. And then, like, yeah, like, you don't want to have that awkward conversation again. Like you didn't show up. Oh, yeah. And he would. He would tell you, especially if you tell him, yeah, yeah, I'll show up. And then you don't show up. And then you want to come back, you know. But see, and that's interesting enough. Um, you speaking of you doing music. So you having that experience of having different types of crowds around you. So then going, kind of transitioning with dance for you. What was it like? Or what was, how did really the creation of RNA, what was the focus with creating a dance company like this? Was there a specific mission or was it like, hey, you had a group of dancers at this point that, hey, I think we can create something together and let's see what happens. 
So coming back from like um, Jonathan's team, I spent some time training and then I was also taking classes from Alejandra. Um, and mm -hmm. so I, I don't think it's fair for me to not, you know, to mention RNA and not talk about Alejandra's influence. And because I, I learned a lot from Alejandra Fontao. And so that's something that um, we, we ventured together when we left Orlando, we went to go to Denver. And then mm -hmm. the mission was more about like, hey, you know, like this is connection and we're gonna teach people what we know and how we want to connect into um, the music. And, you know, so many times we would see people, and this is currently still the mission for me um, yeah. in RNA, is that I would see, you know, people dancing together at these, you know, you know, events or clubs or wherever. Um, at the end of the day, but I see people dancing and I see people like showing off to others. And then I see people dancing together, but separate. And then that was something that I was like, okay, like there's somehow that we got to connect this, you know? And so that's currently still the mission of RNA and how I execute it now has, has evolved, uh, you know, quite significantly since starting this like five years ago. Yeah. I mean, hey, listen, I give it up to anyone that's able to create a company and have sustainability, especially in this industry and especially being a company that really focuses on being your unique, doing things your own way instead of really the status quo of things. And then especially having it in Denver, but then making that transition over to New Mexico. That's something I really wanted to touch on was what was that like for you to go all the way from Colorado to go all the way to New Mexico? We're talking about from the cold to the hot. Like, what yeah. was that that thought process like? Like, for me, I think it was uh, not really necessarily about the weather. I was like, hey, you know, like, I'm going to go to some place where I can be rather close to Denver. Um, and then I also looked at and I mapped out other cities that I was getting more hot or hired uh, closer to. Uh, so there was like a middle ground and, and that was yeah. Albuquerque. And so that was like between Dallas, Phoenix and Denver, you know, it was like maybe six, between six to eight hours uh, on mm. average. So like the middle city there was Albuquerque. So I was like, Hey, you know, like I might as well, you know, so that way I'm closer to the cities that I normally get hired to. Yes. Um, but it was interesting to see that like in Albuquerque, you know, it uh, was a primarily salsa driven um, uh, scene. Mm -hmm. So that's just something, uh, currently it's still um, more heavily salsa, I believe, but I'm pushing a lot of the bachata, right? Hey, I mean, listen, I think you also would understand that over the past five, 10 years, you've seen studio directors now transitioning to being more of a public face. And what I mean by that is I've seen that transition of studio owners like yourself now becoming DJs now, you know, becoming more of that public figure. That was something I really like. It was amazing to see was having you going from just performing on the stage to now you controlling the crowd and the audience with your music. How did that even come about of you saying like, all right, now I want to step into this world of DJing and really be responsible for the energy of an audience in that way. So it kind of goes to two things. One is like my love for music and uh, getting inspired for others who are like, you know, really pushing music. So um, 
I remember about seven years ago, so I was still in Orlando at this point in time, I would go to like festivals and congresses and whatnot. And then one of the festivals that I went to, I believe actually was DCBX. And um, I saw a set by Emerson, I believe it was at that point in time. And uh, I just got so inspired by the variety of music that you know I would listen to. And I don't even know if I could even classify it um, uh, you know, back then where it was like, oh, okay, like what was this music? But I yeah. knew that music was being played. Um, a couple of the core elements that I, I would hear in Orlando, but then I would also hear some extra elements outside of that. And I was like, wow, what is this? Mm-hmm. And so it happened to be like Zook music um, and Brazilian Zook music also. I was like, wow, like, you know, uh, this is really cool. And then there would be yeah. other uh avenues were like remixes were like becoming popular back then um and then for what i remember emerson was one of the first people that i would see you know nationally to to change up the styles of music Mm -hmm. um and then in orlando i would see some djs do it and then some djs just playing very like uh, (laughs) predictable sets let's just say Oh, oh, predictable, uh, aka their own personal choice. I, I don't know. <laughs> it, just, it sounds like if I went there on Friday last week, you know already. Like, and they're, and then that that was something for me. I was like, wow, like I want to learn more how to do this. And then with my live sound and like more of like being on a band experience mm-hmm. like being able to plug in different types of connections right like you know the difference between a quarter inch and an eighth inch or different between xlr and this and that you know like then i already started understanding just like the way different types of you know uh, live audio fits together uh and then that's before even going into like dj then i understood I'm like, okay like this is the type of music people want to listen to and then when i got to denver and i was opening up my own studio um then the the idea was also to like we gotta save some cost here so mm. me, me and my business partner we would like split like okay like you're gonna do the door you're gonna do the dj kind of thing teach the class and then we divide that and then as as we got larger we would have you know instructors and whatnot but we would always play the music you know so that was just something that like we kind of traded off with and doing and so did that for you know a long time you know and uh, then we, when we host our own events, that's the same thing, you know, we've been doing that for a while. So that was just like on the, on the job training, you know, for like, yeah, otherwise I mean, you don't eat, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, you just don't eat. Yeah. And, and, that, and for me, I find it remarkable because again, not everybody can make that transition and it works. Because like you said, it was out of necessity, I guess at that point, but for so many, there can be many others in that same situation, but can't capitalize on that. And and that's what I'm saying is to see that you've been able to make different transitions in your dance career and it all meshes together and it all works. Because again, it's not easy. And even in the year 2022, we've been through a craziness in our dance world of the past two years. And now really looking into 2022 before we get into one of our last segments, I really kind of want to know from you and your standpoint, have you been able to kind of take a step back and look at all of the accomplishments you've been able to, you know, obtain over the past couple of years? To me, I mean, I just want to focus in on the now, 
right? And then this is just mm-hmm. something for me, like that's something that I'm currently doing. Like, so yeah, like the past is where I came from and those are my experiences, but also too, like I try not to live there, you know? Yeah. I think it's important to reflect on some things of like, okay, like to give myself grace, for example, yes. on like how I talk to myself, you know, like sometimes I find myself being like very hard on myself and I'm like, a friend wouldn't talk to me like this. Mm. So like, why am I going to talk to myself <laughs> that way? You know? Yeah. And to be honest, like that's some, you know, some things that I know I could work on. But anyway, I guess at the end of the day, I don't want to live there for too, too long. So to be honest, mm-hmm. I don't think of them as like, I just want to make sure that I'm currently happy with those decisions that I'm doing, right? And like yes. what I'm making. So am I happy trying to develop ladies, you know, to perform on to stage, uh, perform mm-hmm. on stage? I'm like, yeah, all right, this is, that's what makes me happy. Am I happy when, you know, that performer who is new steps off a stage and then carries themselves differently, like in the following months, right? Like, oh, okay, like their, their, their posture is more engaged, you know? Um, you know, stuff like that. Those are things that like, you know, that's just outside of dancing, like mm-hmm. the way you carry yourself right? to be confident. That is very true. But I, I think too many, many instructors like yourself, it's, it's people like me that want to say thank you because, again, you are really changing a person's outlook on themselves. Many students who have maybe come into your, your spaces, they have a different set of different type of confidence in them beforehand, but then get them getting on stage and basically all the tips and tools you've given them, all the information, you can see it being, you know, shown right in front of you, but also to see the confidence within them kind of skyrocket and feeling more, you know, like themselves and, you know, feeling just a a newfound confidence. I think instructors like yourself should be supported and appreciated for that because, again, in in our industry, don't get me wrong, it's a lot of fun. But, you know, you're also dealing with people's lives and mental health is a big key that goes into part of that. Because, again, people don't realize, hey, it's great to say, like, I'm booked every weekend. But it's also when every weekend you have to realize you're working every weekend or every show is a re- every show you do. Every set you play is a representation of you. And again, not many artists get that un- get that. Like take a step back feeling like, damn, I've done a lot compared to many of us. Not many of us could do as much as I can do given the same circumstances. But I just think of that in that mentality is more of like not a method of comparison. It's just more of like, I got to make sure that like I'm talking to myself like, oh, like I'm not beating myself up and be like, yes. okay, I got to work. I got to work. I got to work. I got to work. Cause like, I feel like that becomes draining, you know? And like, I don't want to do this job because it's draining. You know, I want to do this because I love it and I'm passionate about it, you know? And so one thing like, for example, that I like seeing, you know, is like when people connect to each other on the dance floor, it's just really awesome, you know? And like they're vibing and then they're able to understand more about like, this is a communication, you know? Yes. And uh, one of those things, like I was saying is like through that connection is like, thinking about from the follow's perspective or the lead's perspective is like, what is your roles? So many times I used to mm-hmm. hear like the lead is always wrong. And then like, that just somehow bothered me, but that's what I would hear at certain classes or, you know, and like, I'm like, these are phenomenal dancers, but like, like where did this come from? Because dance is a conversation and we say this all the time. And this yeah. is something that bothers me, right? If dance is a conversation, then when is the, the speaker always wrong? Like that doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. you know? That's not always true. What if the person is not actively listening? 
right? So like for me, it's like if I was just talking to you and ask you a question, it's like, what is your name, right? And then you usually give me some random city, right? Yeah. And like, I'm like, wait, like I asked you, what is your name? You know, <laughs> like, so there's only so many times that like, like, are you really tuning in? Are you on your phone? Are you like kind of zoning out in the space or like you're listening to something else, right? So it's part of that is also the way we change our speech during classes. And absolutely, absolutely. Workshops. That is true. I mean, I think overall meaning is the language, the language that we're using within leads and follows, because I've heard that same notion as the, the lead is in charge of guiding the conversation and the follow is supposed to flow within that. But also it takes two to make things happen. I, I you know what it is, too, I think, too, is that a lot of leads are being criticized constructively or not constructively on how they lead. But I think also when leads and follows have the same information, they, they, that conversation should run a lot smoother than just teaching some steps and expecting someone to just get it. So there you go. So then part of that is how do we create an environment in classes in which that is the forefront? And not all of the time is it like if I was learning a new language, for example, right? Yeah. And then I get like a list of catchphrases, right? And then like in that specific language, right? Or like maybe just a list of one-liners and jokes and pickup lines. Yeah. Right? Like how much of that are you going to use in your natural conversation? Mm -hmm. And then that's actually what we teach is patterns. Does that make sense? Like yes. if I'm going to like, okay, after this is always a two-hand turn and always a flick. Okay, and this pattern is called blah, 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 right? So yes, that, that pattern is a learning tool. But what we should be doing is learning how to ad-lib or like improv. Thank that's yes. actually the play of the dance. That is very true because there have been many times, either I filmed it or I've been a witness or part of it, when I am dancing with a follow and I'm doing a move, but in their subconscious, Oh, this is how it, sh it should go. And then it's like, oh, I'm realizing they're back leading because they're thinking this move is all universally one thing and this is how it should go. How and then, and, and that's the, that goes and further emphasize my analogy that because we, we focus on those like little one liners, then it's, oh, I heard this word. And then that means go insert next word and then insert this next catchphrase. And then that's how we, we become more autopilot, right? On like, okay, these are the patterns that I have accessible. When really it's more about understanding a lot differently on how to improv with the things currently you have accessible. Mm -hmm. And so like that could be like a couple of different things like footwork, yes. right? We can have that's at the bottom of your, your, your base of your pyramid. Then body movement, that's the next tier up. And then the styling, what is accessible? So it, it's our job to kind of gauge that as yes. like a, a, as some kind of gradient and how that flows. Mm. I, I love the way that, that it's being dictated because again, I think as we grow as a community, we're getting more precise on the language. We're getting more concise on the tonality of things because a lot of times, and don't get me wrong, I've seen instructors that I feel maybe they need a lot more learning before being put in that role, because I'm seeing a lot more students questioning their styles or their teachings. And there are certain instructors that I've seen that don't really have kind of an answer. 
it's kind of you, you notice, and I, and in my humble opinion, I've noticed a lot of people that you know they've taken some classes for six to eight months in a year, and then all of a sudden they're traveling great. But you know, I, I think you're always going to be a student of the game, and there's always more to learn, there's always more to understand. But I do love how you are focusing on helping others understand the conversations better. Right. And then that's, that's, that's it. You know, like, I'm not saying like, okay, like once you take classes with me, that's the only thing that you can do. Right. Like yeah. take classes from whoever, right. Like this is for anybody who wants to start dance. Right. It's like, Hey, at the end of the day, I wish I was told this, right. Like as clearly, right. Hey, take classes from whoever you want. Now who you vibrate with may not be the best answer. Right. In terms of a teacher. Right. But at the end of the day, what is actually useful for you and what are the things that are more useful? Right. If you can get that out of a dance instructor, that's definitely going to help you. And that's going to go long ways. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, like if you can't lead these things socially or you're not able to self-express. Yes. Right. Those are two di different things. And those are important skills to have while you're dancing. Then why are you doing it? Right. Are you doing it for flashiness? Are you doing it for uh, an image? Or are you doing it for something else? As opposed to just genuinely connecting with somebody. And I think that's yeah. more about. Like, I told yeah, I, I told totally, you. That's that's really the main focus is being present. And I think it helps us now transition to our last segment called the randoms, which is some questions that I have for you, Renny, <laughs> that I've kind of conjured up through our discussions today. <laughs> You're writing this down at the same time. How are you doing? Oh, this? absolutely. How absolutely, are you doing man. This? I, I got all this. I have to. So I'm going to throw my first question at you, and okay. this should be very interesting. Sure. Can you give me a pet peeve of yours when dancing with someone? Um, I mean, it's just, I mean, I just, I just like when dances are present, right? I don't even care if it like, yeah. like, I don't go in there with any expectations. Just like, hey, like, are you, are you here? Right. So I think, um, let me come up with something, I guess, a little bit more specific. I guess when people are overly talking to another person while they're dancing with me, right? Like, it's just like, maybe it's kind of weird, right? It's like, you just should tell me like, hey, like, just give me a second. I need to talk to this person. And I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, I've seen it on the dance floor to other people too, you know? And then they're like, like, they're supposed to be dancing with this follower, for example, and then saying hi to this friend, you know, like, hey, what's up, dude? How you doing? Like, to me, you're not, like, present at all. Um, the next question I actually have for you is, what is a hobby of yours? Uh, I like to play guitar. So I've been playing guitar probably since I was, like, nine. So maybe, I don't know, at this point in time, but, like, 30, almost. Or, I mean, maybe, like, 25, 25 years or something like that. Okay. All right. You say it like it's so modestly. Well, here's the thing. It's like, it's so weird, right? Like, he's like, oh, like, how long have you been studying dance? It's like, okay, that's kind of weird, right? Because at the end of the day, I took like a, a four or five year, year hiatus. hiatus. And there, yeah. And then there's like a, a point in time where I was like, maybe playing it once a week. But then there's all other part, parts of time where I'm like putting in like 40 hours per week. Mm. It's like, oh, okay, now I'm like really like going through it. And I'm getting better then during that period of time. Oh, got, got you. I totally understand. Totally understand. All right. Next question here. Say, for instance, you are at one of your favorite events of all time yeah. and you can only dance with one person. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, 
I would say Sarah Ho from Houston. Oh, okay. I like that. So, I like that. So present. So present. I like that. All right. Next question here. This should be interesting. Social or workshop? What is this social workshop? What is this? What is it? Meaning is Congress? you're at a congress. <laughs> you're at a congress right now, and somebody says, "Hey, uh, what do you look most forward to? The socials or the mm, workshops during the day?" Here's the thing. I'm just an avid so, uh, social dancer, so I would just say like social dancing for sure. Okay. Um, yeah. But there, there are a lot of workshops that okay, like some like like maybe three or four like solid ones. I'm like, all right, cool. Like I would be all about those workshops. Okay. Like, I like I just that. Each fusions workshop. Dope. Oh, highly yes. recommend. Highly recommend. It's so good. Big shout out to Ace Fusion. Definitely, definitely. All right. Next one here. So when you are at one of your favorite congresses or festivals, what's one of your favorite songs to dance to? All right, but like category, like I mean, anything. Style. It could be salsa. <laughs> like, hey, if 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 it's like, yo, I want to play you your song right now. Mm. Right now, like in my head, Jr. Examada. Um. Oh my God, I've heard that song a lot. I, of it. <laughs> I, I like. I'm obsessed with it right now. Like, oh my God. Hey, it, it's all good. And now it helps us bring us to our last question here, and we're gonna tap really into your DJ bag. So right now, you know, you are closing out a Sunday night. Uh-huh, sure. And you have the last song of the night. What song are you playing? All right, what room am I in? You, ooh, and you know what? Just for you, I'm going to give you the salsa room and the bachata room. Okay, uh, so here we go. Uh, so... Mm. That's a great question. Dang. Uh, <laughs> ah! And it depends, man, because I'm not like, like, let's say like people were like amped up and they're like fired yes. up. Sometimes it's good to like, you know, throw on like some energy, you know, and close that out with, with some energy. And sometimes it's not. So I don't know. Let me see. Let me see. Let me pull in here. <laughs> he's like, I gotta look at my computer right now. I wanna go through he's like, I gotta go through my library just yeah. to see. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> All right. So if I was in a central room, yeah. I'm still probably gonna close it off with I love Vladi's Corazon. Okay. Yeah. I love that. So if that you're in now like the dope. salsa room, uh-huh. you are going with um Pasaporte. I'm probably gonna close it off very like very slow. Okay. So. Hey man, I, I love it. And honestly, I, I really thank you again for doing this segment. I love doing this with all of my guests kind of understanding, you know, your ways and how you do things. Because, hey, many artists like yourself have hobbies. Many artists like yourself, especially DJs. And, and I always ask this to the DJs. Let me ask you, do you take requests? 
Yes, I do. Uh, that doesn't mean that, that doesn't no, no, mean no. like they're gonna get played right away, or like sometimes I like I listen to it. And I'm like, okay, like this is totally like not the vibe. This is this is maybe not today, but maybe <laughs> right. I mean, I'm open to ideas. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. if you can make me an offer, I can't refuse. I'm about it. But like, you know, like can't kill the mood either. You know. I to hey, I totally understand, and I thank you for doing this segment. And now it helps us transition into the conclusion of our talk today. But, you know, for me, being able to have this conversation and dialogue with you, it means a lot, man. And just to see your growth over these past few years, going from city to city, but still laying your impact. I think it's really important that our communities have artists like yourselves that are continuing to reinvent time after time. But at least before we do go, I would love to know if you had any last few words to myself and the audience. Um, I don't think I do, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think as long as we're just making sure that like we're connecting to human mm -hmm. beings, you know, everybody and like, you know, you never know what anybody else is going through, you know, mm -hmm. and that's something that for me, like, I really thought was a great outlet about the, the community mm -hmm. is more of like, Hey, you know, like, like you may be going through something and then like, you know, but we can connect through dance. And then this is like, you know, not guaranteed, not like yeah. this time here is not guaranteed. So if we could just be present, get connected with people and share the love of music, share the love of the dance connection, whatever, like, you know, like, yeah, like bachata, you know, but even people are like, oh, okay, like, but how much do you like traditional, you know, and like, or how much do you like this? Or how much <laughs> you like that? Or like, oh, like you don't dance, dance salsa, but like, I'm like, I love salsa. I love dancing salsa, yeah. right? And then like, you know, it's just more of like the unity of like not being like, oh, okay, like I dance on this timing or I, I only dance this style of dance. Like y'all, we're all here to connect, you know, and like, people just want to be heard, you know? And I think that's I love really that. just at the end of the day, why we're here, right? Absolutely. And at least before we do go, can we get some kind of contact information from you on how people can reach you and mm -hmm. see what you're up to next? Right, so I'm still working on my website. That's been, <laughs> been something like ridiculous. It's rnadance.com. But um, also, too, if you just message me on Facebook, Renee Gongora, then you can you know find me on there. Uh, I primarily use Facebook. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much like how you can get in contact with me. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And honestly, Rennie, I really appreciate you coming on today and just to be able to share some words with us and definitely looking forward to seeing what you have coming up later this year into next year. And again, so everyone, can I, can I yes. share where I'm going next? So that way, like, yeah, absolutely. Also, like maybe you're at that Congress or maybe you want yes. to like social dance with me, or, you know, uh, watch some of the performances. So I'm doing Mexicali next weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, then I have a, a weekender uh, that I'm hiring, Tina Carvicho, uh, okay. from Boston, and then yes. Elias and Laura, which are Zook artists. So I'm having like a bachata fusion where, you know, my students can learn a little bit more about how to fuse uh, different types of Zook moves and, mm -hmm. um, you know, understand more about um, how fusion artists um, can break away from the basic here. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I have D DCBX, so I'll be at DCBX the following uh, weekend after that. Um, and then, or towards the end of August, then there's Houston BIG, Bachateando, and Dallas. 
So those are yeah. closer to September. So the Dallas Bachata Festival. So wow, man, you got you got some. Well, of course I'll be in Dallas this yeah. year, but you got so many of these other events coming up, and man, yeah. I mean, I know somebody's gonna catch you somewhere. Yeah. But you know, again, Renny, I'm glad that we can do this and, and awesome. come together. And you know, again, it's it's really good to see the work you're doing out there Thank in New you. Mexico and Albuquerque. Much respect to you and RNA Dance Company. Thank you. And I'll Everyone be teaching and, and, and DJing at all those events too. So. Oh my God. Yeah, you're you're a jack of all trades, as they say. Um, so, I mean, I'm just trying to spread my love for the things. Hey, man. And love is all here. And again, Renny, thank you for coming on. Everyone who is tuning in, who will be tuning in, thank you again. This has been an amazing episode on the Let's Discuss with Diamond podcast. I'm here with the one and only Renny from RNA Dance Company out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Thank you guys for tuning in. See you later.